Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh, joined by my illustrious co-host, Ray. Ray, how you doing? Oh, very well. Very um, well. Mike is not going to be with us today. He, uh, he has some fatherly duties to attend to, so uh, while he was, you know, making sure to pick up my slack while I was gone, moving house, as some might say, I'm here, back, to do some recording <laughs> with y'all. As some might say, I want to know what the other people call it besides, like, just moving house. Well, I think, I mean, at least here in the U.S., most of the time we're going to just say we're moving, or we are moving okay. to a new house. You know, the, the folks across the pond, you know, they they either add an extra word or forget an extra word, depending on your your view of it, but mm -hmm. um, I just like the phrase moving house. It just... I don't know why they, that 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 speaks to me. Okay, all right. Well, it's true. You you know, I've been to your old house a couple times. I'll, I'm excited to go to your new place. But yeah, you when you're moving house, you're taking pretty much everything you own of that place, unless you're willing to convey it in the house selling, and you know that's all coming with us. And yeah, that I've done this several times myself. That process just kind of sucks, and it just takes a long time. Yeah. See, I've had the benefit of basically living within a call it 15 mile radius 20 mile radius my entire life so none of my moves have ever been that crazy i literally moved five minutes from my old house to my new house um you on the other hand have done uh, slightly more logistically challenging moves and i thought just moving five minutes um away was, was it really only five minutes maybe six are you serious the new place is only six minutes away yes Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. It I is, thought it is not far. Now the logistics of said move because we we yeah, yeah. did a, a because uh, it's a house. Yeah, it's still. a house, and it's a it was a bifurcated move. It wasn't like you know we we moved out one day. We had to stay somewhere for a week. We moved into the next house on a different mm -hmm. day, like multiple days later. So obviously that was crazy, but still, yeah. it's still not like moving across country. A couple times. times. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, for people that have been fans of the podcast for uh, a while, and I guess it, geez, since we started, we've been doing this since 2014. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I have lived in, but besides, you know, dropping the egg here in the Midwest, somewhere in the Midwest, I don't want to blow up Josh's spot uh, too much, but I've lived. Uh, used to be next door to you at one point before yes. I moved to Florida. Yeah, like literally next door. Yep. Several times in our lives. Um, and then I moved to Florida. And then I moved... Okay, so that's halfway across the country one way. Then moved to California. That's literally coast to coast. <laughs> um, then California to Austin, which is another section of the country. Now Austin to the Chicagoland area. Which, yes... Yes, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yep, and I think three of, three of those moves have happened while you have been recording this podcast with me. I think we started while you were in California, then you yes. moved to Austin, then you moved to yes. the, the Chicago land area. So yes, we we've been doing this podcast for yeah almost <laughs> a, a little over six years. So on, about to, oh no seven. It's been a full seven years. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there have been three full house moves for me. Granted, two of those moves were paid for by the company that I worked for, so it wasn't that bad when so when you pay someone to just do it all for you. But 
it's still it's still a headache. It's not as much. I I don't the the headache of like even five minutes is still a house. It's still all your stuff, all of the logistics of getting the house moved. Then, in your case, selling the house, buying the new house. There's, that's a whole thing, yep. ladies and gentlemen. I mean, especially like you just you just accumulate stuff. It's terrible, but we as Americans and as consumers tend to accumulate a lot of stuff, especially one with a couple kids. Mm-hmm. You just you just gather stuff and you hold on to things for a while because you're like maybe I'll need it, and then you get to that moving, you're like. I'm never going to use this again in my life. And you're like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm going to try and sell it on Facebook or something. And nobody sells it. And you're like, okay, I can't move this to a new house. I I, I, um, I rented a trailer to take out, you know, furniture we didn't need, junk and stuff like that. I threw away mm-hmm. almost a thousand pounds of just stuff. And that was just things we got wow. rid of. Well, to be fair, your wife does like to, um, please don't hurt me, ma'am. Please, she does like to keep a lot of things around. Things that I know you didn't pick. Like, nah. <laughs> I know that's not Josh's. All right. There are some friends who listen to this podcast who know my wife. And I'm going to please ask you not to draw her attention to this episode. Because she was <laughs> both and I. So. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. But you're not wrong. <laughs> Matt, I'm talking to you specifically. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let, before we get in trouble with our significant other, let's talk about video games real quick. Video games? What are those? Yeah, um, uh-oh. Why is a dog barking? Uh-oh. Oh, no, I know why. Well, hold on. I'm going to close the door. Speaking of significant others, one just came home from work, so oh, that's why. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about Battlefield. Um, Ooh. I want to get this out of the way. Josh, you actually have a copy of Battlefield 2042, right? I do have a copy of Battlefield 2042 because um, there was some promotion early in the the fall, I believe, where they were selling a M.2 Gen 4 SSD. It was about, I think, there were a couple different sizes. I bought a terabyte. Um, but basically, it was a pretty good price on it, and it included a copy of Battlefield 2042. I think I have a heat spreader on it, so you can't see it, but it's actually like Battlefield 2042 branded and everything. So, bought that SSD to, you know, part of the upgrade process, and got a copy with it. And uh, I have I have played it a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not that good. It's um now I there will was, say I will go say ahead. I have not played a ton. I you know, just a handful okay. of hours, maybe half a dozen to a dozen at most. I have not encountered any of the major like game breaking glitches or anything that I was obviously aware of. Um it's mm-hmm. not to say that it didn't happen because those are massive games and you know, who knows what's going on with sure, sure. hundred and twenty eight players, but Personally speaking, I, you know, never fell through anything in a vehicle or, you know, did anything wacky like that. I just played the main, you know, control mode or whatever it's called and just had a had a very mediocre time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mediocre time, huh? Yeah, and, you know, That's if, if you have any, if you have any questions, like, you know, I'll kind of talk through my feelings of it and... and Part of the thing, part of the reason why I think I think I had a mediocre time is that 
there were no friends playing with me. And, you yeah. know, I think Battlefield specifically, it's, it's a really good game, but you have to be in tune with your squad, especially at this player count with 128 players and, and so many things going on and so many more objectives and so many more vehicles. To be in a squad with people you don't know and no communication with unless you're in like a general chat or something like that, it's just not... You don't know what you're doing. You don't really know what's going on. There isn't a lot of, at least that I've seen, of like, you know, the squad leader pointing out things other than like, attack that objective, attack that objective. It's not like, okay, we're going to go get this vehicle. We're going to go around. We're going to do, like, you can't really coordinate that like you would if you're in Discord, you're in TeamSpeak, you're in Xbox Live chat with three of your friends and going in and doing wacky things and trying to be a part of that process. Um, I also think that given the player count, there needs to be some sort of, and I, I forget which battlefield did this, but there needs to be some sort of centralized command for the entire team. Like somebody needs to have some level of ah. input on hey, we all need to focus on this or, like, your three squads. Oh, the, the commander role. Yes. I yes, think that... Yes, the, the last Battlefield game to have that was Battlefield 4. Yes, and I think at a, 128 players with the expanded map size and whatnot, <laughs> like, you have to have some sort of direction other than just, like, play the objective and get more spots than everybody else. Like, it just... It's too big to work. So, Josh, before I get started on my rant about Battlefield 2042, remember the game Mag? The I, game that boasted it was 128 on 128 on PS3? As a as a Zipper Interactive SOCOM fan, I'm very aware of Mag. I did not own a PS3, but I do... When, when we live... At one of the points in our life where we live next door, I did come over to your apartment a few times and play it. Yes, uh, yes, I remember so that. So, I, yeah. I do recall Mag... It was a it was a lofty goal and way ahead of its time. Way way ahead of its time. That came out in like I want to say two thousand nine. It would have been oh no two, no two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, it came out two thousand eight, and here we are in twenty twenty one. We were like, yeah, let's bring it up to sixty four on sixty four. And uh, let me tell you the problem with Mag. The on paper idea sounds glorious, like you know, putting candy on pizza. <laughs> Until until you actually do it. And you're like, wait a minute, this might actually be a really bad idea. For those of you that didn't play Mag, which shock and awe probably is not a lot of you, uh, when you actually have a map where it's 128 people versus 128 other people, it is not a cohesive battle. One, you have to have that many people online that time on one server. And, um... <clears throat> Not as common as you think, especially for a system like the PlayStation 3 when it first came out. Uh, basically, I only played the 128 on 128 mode like twice ever. And then by the time I took like a one week break because I went on like vacation, I came back to it. Nah, nah, that ain't happening anymore. We're, we're, the, the, the numbers start scaling down and they didn't have bots to replace it. Uh, so Battlefield tries the same thing, and it will go ahead and it has a smart idea to start filling the gaps with bots, but it's 64 and 64. Um, 
yeah, so watching a lot of gameplay videos, I've only played the Battlefield 2042 technical test. And when I played the technical test, because I was fortunate enough to get in, I said, okay, I see what they're going for here, but this is rough. I didn't do any recordings, I didn't want to break their NDA, they had me sign, but there were some rough spots. I will say, during the technical test, there were points where you spawned on ships, and I can't help but notice they got rid of that feature in the release game, for the better, because never did spawning on ships ever work. Um, it just, it just didn't work, and there was nothing that was gonna make that any better. Also, uh, I think the best words I can give Battlefield 2042, because there's endless amounts of gameplay footage on it, was, um... Dice was caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't know what was going on there, but... There is a patch that I will link into the show notes, and this patch is, if you're scrolling and you were to put this on Microsoft Word, it is 10 pages long of things that they're saying, Okay, we hear your complaints. This is this patch is coming out in the first two weeks. Here's what we're going to fix in the first patch. It is 10 pages of things. Some of them are really bad. One of them is, and I sent this to Josh and Mike, when you fire off flares from your plane, the missile that it was supposed to distract becomes more accurate and just hits your plane faster. <laughs> that would make me crack my keyboard in two if I actually watched that happen. Oh, and I can't watch that happen. There's no kill cams. There's no um, friend system. There's no scoreboard. When you hit the tab key, like you've been doing in every Battlefield game <clears throat> ever, there is no score of like how many kills do you have, how many uh, deaths do you have, how many assists do you have. No. You find that out at the end of the game and you only find it out for you. You can't find it out for your your allies or your enemies. I. Is that a toxicity thing? Because I'm anti-toxicity in games, but that is... That is a bridge too far. I, I want to be on the record saying that. Um, they had a specific piece of, like... They had a, they had an aim down sight thing where if you moved just a little bit, you walked a little bit, you had a penalty to where your cursor was actually aiming because you're moving. Um, everyone agrees that penalty was too high, even dice. Uh, because you would put the cursor right on the target and you would not hit that target. If you don't believe me, there are plenty of video game uh, pieces of footage where it... I, I dare say this might be the most unplayable Battlefield uh, game on release that has ever launched. And I was there at the beginning of Battlefield 4. With an AMD card. For those of you that remember back in o October 2013... If you had an AMD card in your PC and you turned on Battlefield 4, it was a uh, it was a mess. This is worse. Um, and also, th some of the glitches are hilarious. Well, not glitches, just bugs. Th th some of these are just like, yes, I bet, I guarantee, cash money. Your QA reported this, and you didn't have time to fix it at all, so you just put it on the disc. Um, hovercrafts became the best vehicle in the game because you can scale buildings at 90 degree angles and they accidentally left in, this has to be a bug, to where the front windshield of the hovercraft was indestructible. So you look down at a skyscraper and you see 
Dun 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 Just three hovercrafts <laughs> speeding towards you like bats out of hell! <laughs> and you're- you're unloading your magazine, Josh, of everything you got! <laughs> Just like in Starship Troopers. Go on, give it everything you got towards hovercrafts! And there's nothing you can do. They're 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 shaking it off, and they scale the building. There are videos you can find online. Do a quick YouTube search of people sailing the hovercraft above a skyscraper and slamming it into the helicopter, and the helicopter dying. But the hella but the hovercraft's still going on. It is the most dangerous weapon in the game until they patched and fixed it. I can't imagine that sort of shit. Just. Massive issues with this game. To, okay, to the point. Okay, I'm gonna stop ranting. There, I'll post the patch. I'll post a list of fixes with the patch notes. There's, a not kidding, like ten pages of it. They are. Uh, I guess the lead director just the other day uh, got fired, and they're bringing in Vincent uh, Vincent Pella, who is the uh, the CEO of Respawn Entertainment. So they're he's a busy man. Yeah, they're bringing in the big like. They're bringing in the guy that's in charge of Apex Legends and the new Star Wars game that's coming out and whatever else Respawn is working on. Maybe it's Titanfall 3. I hope it's Titanfall 3. Who knows? And now the, the EA's just like, yeah, you know what? You're in charge of Battlefield. The entire franchise. The, not just 2042. Battlefield going forward. We're putting you in charge of that. Um, which, yeah, may, maybe that's what's needed to happen. Yeah, let, it, let, let, so let, let's, let's here's honest. my, you know, my you know, wonder and, and concern for Battlefield 2042. It's like, how much damage have they done to this? Because it's not like a Rainbow Six Siege where yeah. the game is bad, they take some time to work on it, and then they, you know, they kind of fix it, and this it becomes a staple, like... Even though they tend to put a little more time between Battlefield games, it's still an annualized product. It is still something yeah. that you're going to come out every year, every two years, every three years. So it's like, okay, how many people are going to ha or have dropped off from this? And despite no matter oh. what changes that they make and improvements that they make, never pick it up again and just say, I'm going to come back to, you know, I'll come back in 2043. Ooh, ooh. I do have numbers for you in that. Um, Battlefield 2042 for a week solid. And this is... Uh, my heart goes out to the people that actually were legitimately working hard on this game. Because I know there are a lot. Um, it actually was number 8 in the top 10 worst games on Steam for a week straight. Ooh. And you know, there's... there's I'm not going to say that was undeserved, because in the state that it launched in, a message needed to be sent in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, for the hard numbers of how many people dropped off, uh, they lost 60% of their player base after the first two weeks. Uh, that was Honestly, from I'm surprised it's not higher. <laughs> I'll be honest. There are a lot of the people that bought back. Okay, so take it this way. You, you get your gift that you got for like Black Friday, and you're like, you know, this might be my game. I got my 60 bucks. I'm going to buy this game. You buy Battlefield, and you're like, 
I'm gonna keep playing it until they make it better. They're yeah. a bit, they have to make it what better. I've, at some I've point. heard that, and I haven't played it yet, but I heard like the portal mode, which is like supposed to be just kind of like this extra, like oh, a little fun, like mm -hmm. place it back. Like that's legitimately fun compared to like the main game mode. So like I might hop back in and play a little, little of that and just see what's going on there. But yeah, I just I don't, I don't see myself jumping back into the main battlefield like. In like especially being somebody who's playing solo, it's not like the whole squad hasn't. We're like, okay, well, let's try and get in and see what's going on with the, with the patches and whatnot. Like, it's just I have no reason I, I, to go back in. There's just there's too much wrong with it. And and <sighs> we were excited about it. Like when they showed off that trailer at E3, me and our whole friend group, we all okay. saw that. We saw the Renzuka. We saw the tornadoes ripping apart the city. We we're like, there it is. That's the game. We're all gonna hop online squad up and play when we all get some downtime at like 8 or 9 p.m. And uh, then the reviews started coming out and we're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I... And you're, you're the only one in our friend group of like, what, nine people that actually has yep. the game. Yep. That, that's it. And that's got to tell you something. Anyone that's working on the game, we we are the target audience. <laughs> Literally. The Battlefield 3 is probably my second or third highest game in terms of played hours ever mm. so like i'm i'm a big battlefield fan mike and i when we used to run around in the the abrams together in battlefield 3 we would fuck shit up we had that down pat but i just and i you know obviously the the game that has shipped is so much different than like what they had shown in that trailer and their original vision, and, you know. Yeah. I, I, w I think they should have, like, they delayed the game, what, a month and a half? Like, they should have delayed it a year and a half. That That's that's the ongoing theory that there there definitely was, like, they, they obviously did it to hit their quarter four goals. Yep. That's what EA, EA is, a big publicly traded company. You, you can see it, obviously, but... At what cost? And I, they must have known, right? You you can't play that game and you're like, everything's going to be okay. It's like, no. No, you knew. You absolutely knew. Well, and that, that just, just also hoped. goes to the short-termism of being a publicly traded company and investors. It's like, we've sunk all this money. We, in, you know, we have these income targets for X amount of time. But it's like, mm -hmm. you also have this property that you invested all this money and time into expecting it to have a long tail and to continue generating revenue over time but like the the i would imagine that the whatever models that they have for any dlc and extra content and in-game purchases is going to be absolutely shot like this thing is not going to continue generating revenue for them in any way shape or form like they had originally thought so mm -hmm. it, you know and i think with covid you have the yeah. perfect excuse to say like look we're gonna miss this holiday window maybe we'll hit the summer wind but like you you just need to take the time to make the game you want to make because it's i can't or, or scale it back yeah 
Say we're going down to 64 players, you know. I think that might have been the smartest decision yeah. because they clearly didn't have the server resources for this sort of game. That sucks, but it is what it is. Also, they made the, they made the maps too big. Like, even for 128 yeah. players, those yeah. maps are way too big. They're bigger than the maps in MAG. And the maps in MAG were meant for 256 people. But w when you're fighting 120, uh, when you're fighting 64 and 64, it doesn't feel that way unless you see vehicles. I think my favorite story when I told you guys was when I was in the technical test and I started capping point B. And you see in Battlefield fashion, you know, the little thing starts ticking down. Four helicopters swarm over me and there's building... <laughs> I'm just hiding in the corner because there's building destruction and you're just like, I'm in hell because the helicopters are raining hellfire, literally, all around you. And it does, that's not fun after a certain point and you have no answer for that. Which, speaking of which, the helicopters are so broken in this game. There's no real answer to when someone's in a helicopter. You can get a jet, cool, the helicopter has countermeasures, which, uh, once they fix those countermeasures, are gonna be unstoppable. Right, right now, they just make it so the missile <laughs> just zooms in harder on you. Flares! Whoo! <laughs> Gosh, that is my favorite patch bug ever, I think. I, I think possibly ever. To the point of games that launched uh, poorly and should have had an extra year in development. Josh, you know what game did have an extra year in development? Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite, yes Part of it, it at least. <laughs> some of it... No, the whole thing had... Some of it still has an extra six months to go. <laughs> oh, 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 you're, you're talking about the uh, the single player? Yeah, the, like, they took some extra time and then some extra extra time. Oh, yeah. The... Okay, so they surprise released the multiplayer uh, on the actual 20th anniversary of Xbox um, launching, which was very cool. I've played it, you've played it, we've had people in our friend group play it. That's actually the game that we've gravitated towards as opposed to Battlefield. And uh, yeah, uh, 343 Industries, they took an extra year. Um, they got rid of Craig. He, he now looks like a threatening brute. <laughs> Goodbye, Craig, you will be missed. And it is good! Fuck! It is so good! I've already dumped in 15 hours to it. It's been my login. I got an extra hour. Play the game. Have some fun. And then I'm done. Because I'm getting in there. The Warthog feels good. The Battle Rifles feel good. The Assault Rifle feels good. The Pistol feels good. The multiplayer aspect of it, it just all feels like good, classic, upscaled Halo. And it works on, like, many machines. Even one of our friends who has a little bit of a weaker machine, even he's able to run it, and he was playing Battles with us. So, it's great. If, if anyone, and it's free to play. What more What more can you ask for? I think the, the biggest negative that Halo Infinite is getting lately is that their free-to-play progression system for when you buy the Battle Pass is um, ass. But uh, I, have two, I have two retorts to that, Josh. Only two. One... It's free to play and I don't care. Uh, and two, they're 100% cosmetic. I still don't care. Like you, you, I know, I know, I know. The cosmetic options mean a lot to people. If you make, uh, what was the name of that uh, girl, that girl, that woman in Overwatch that uh, is Native American, I do believe, or First Nations, Sarah. what have you. Vera, they She's have a skin, skin that makes 
She, they met, they have a skin that makes Pharaoh look like Samus. And I'm like, oh, no, she looks like a Gundam. And I was like, well, I gotta get the Gundam skin. I don't know. How much is that gonna cost? And they're like, well, you can't get it. You have to spend money on loot boxes. I never did, uh, but I did eventually get that skin, and that was unfortunately right around the time I stopped playing Overwatch. I get it, though. Customization makes your character yours. It makes you feel good. You like to see that model. They but also, Halo, they it, also it, made a big deal. I, and, I, you know, hey, I get what you're saying, too, and I kind of agree. It's like, there are times where it's like, okay, yeah, that Pharaoh skin, I'm like, yeah, buddy, the, let's go. The, the, the Gundam one is really strong looking. Really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's other times it's like, you know, when you say in your press releases and in your interviews about this product coming up, about how this aspect of the game is going to be such a big focus and, you know, the way you show your identity and your individuality and like all these little customizations and tweaks and how available it will be to everyone. And then it's like, mm, no, not any of that. I, I understand yeah. the frustration. I don't feel the same way, but I get where people are yeah. coming from. Um, but I also think that, you know, just, just like dice is not as much of like, Oh my God, this thing's on fire. And we have to do something about it. But like, you know, Microsoft and 343 have been like, okay, we hear you, we we understand what you're saying. We are going to make these changes to kind of make this a more fair and equal and you know situation and, and be more like what we had originally talked about. I I respect that. That that's what I can say. I respect that sort of complaint of like I wanted to get in and I wanted that Spartan to be mine because I don't want to look like all the other Spartans. You guys promise something? I have to pay an extra twenty bucks. Okay, I want to bitch about the microtransaction system in Halo Infinite. I have to. Do it. I have to. Okay, first of all, Battlefield twenty forty two doesn't actually have a microtransaction system yet. It might be coming, but maybe even they realize we can't do this. We, we can't, not yet. <coughs> no. Like if you go to the microtransaction store in Battlefield 2042, it's actually blank. So, um, credit to them for realizing that that was the bridge too far, I guess, in the state of the game. But Halo Infinite is, um, let's, Josh, let's say you want to buy the premium battle pass for Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. It is $28. Now. You can't just buy the battle pass. No, shut up. How dare you? You have to buy what I colloquially call Halo Bucks. And the way to get Halo Bucks is you buy them in packs. You buy them in a pack of five. <laughs> you, you should really call them Chief Checks. We're calling them Chief <laughs> Checks. <laughs> you, buy, you buy Chief Checks in a pack of 10. You buy Chief Checks in a pack of 20. Or you buy Chief Checks in a pack of 50. They just released last week. Chief Checks in a pack of 100. Uh, you'll notice none of those said 28. So what you're going to have to do to be the best economical way about it is to buy 10 Chief Checks and 20 Chief Checks with 200 left by. What, 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 I mean, two Chief Checks left by. What are you going to do with those? They just sit on your account. You're going to have to do something. I hate that. I despise that. It's the Xbox Microsoft points all over again. I can't stand it. Let me give you the money. Or don't make me, don't put me in your bullshit cryptocurrency nonsense. Just let me have an exchange of hands and get your funny money out of here. That's it. That's me bitching about their archaic 2003 Microsoft transaction system. I despise that. We're better than this. <laughs> but are we though? 
We are! That's why I'm complaining about it. Like in 2003, I'm like, oh yeah, buy Microsoft points. That's just how it works. Ray, now I'm like, what the fuck? Hey, when we are done with the Halo conversation, let me tell you about how I was a sucker not that long ago. But anyway. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, the only big ups, again, I, I, I don't mean to like go to the altar of Halo Infinite, but I can't express how much fun I'm having with this game. Um, when it launched, it had a million concurrent players online because it's Halo, and of course it did. And the servers never crashed. But, but I want to, you know, I also kind of think of in in some capacity, Halo in 2021 having a million concurrent players is also a little surprising. And I don't think it would have happened if you hadn't made the game free to play. I th no, that's absolutely true. I yeah, think, you're absolutely right there. I think Halo... I think going free-to-play for Halo multiplayer was possibly one of the best decisions that 343 and Microsoft could have made. Because yes. the last two Halo games have not been super great. They don't hang heavy in the memories of people. The last real good Halo game was Halo 3. And that was oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to back up and defend Reach real hard if you say that again. Okay, Reach, yes. Reach was, I mean, okay, Reach was good. Damn straight. <laughs> Possibly the best, I'll have you know, but but, but go off, But King. I just, like, okay, we're talking, you know, the last real Halo game that is in people's minds being over 10 years ago. Yes, and a true. whole generation of people who were raised basically without Halo, and yeah. don't know the Halo lore. They don't. They didn't know Red versus Blue. They didn't know how Halo really changed the game and what's combat evolved. Like, there's a huge part of the gaming audience right now who probably, if Halo Infinite multi, especially Halo Infinite multiplayer only released. And you had to pay some form of money for it. We're not going to touch it. But then they yeah. get it because it's free to play. It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's on whatever. It's, you know, you download it, you play it, you hear your friends playing about it, blah, blah, blah. And are like, oh, shit, this is really good. This is fun. This is yep. great. I like the characters. I like the, the customization. When I can actually do it, the guns are interesting. Like, it's different. I, I really think that the free-to-play aspect of... Halo has kept it relevant in a way that it wouldn't have been able to on its own unless it released with the single player campaign and the single player game, you know, single player campaign just like blew everybody away. It might, I don't know. I mean, it's this, supposed to this be is, open world complete, free roaming. Complete speculation on my part, but like just personally sure. how I feel about like where Halo is in the you know, gaming mind and in, in the you know current gaming audience i think it would have been much different had it released as a paid product yeah i agree with you uh, it would not it would probably might not have hit that million concurrent spike but again i do want to know a million concurrent players and the servers never crashed on its first release week this is a company i want to give mad props to 343 for making that work because yeah. that's amazing like, Battlefield 2042 can't say the same. They just can't. They they wish they could. All right. And they had, that's... They had the... 
they have the same opportunity and the same maybe not the same because they don't have microsoft but like they have similar resources to 343 they they had the ability the technical knowledge to do everything that 343 did and they just didn't they did not oh i, I want to also point out you pay 60 bucks for battlefield 2042 up to 120 bucks if you wanted that special two-week access like halo infinite is free and the servers never went down 2042 you're dropping cash money and you're happy to get into a game <laughs> so yeah the, the, more of that I, I i want more of what halo infinite delivered into the gaming industry because that is solid that is peak uh okay i wanted to sorry to jump into another topic i wanted to talk about two different games i've been playing lately uh if you don't mind josh no not at all uh so I already told uh, in the last podcast the story of how I had to go insane to go get a PS5. Uh, basically, uh, Mike sent me a bunch of Twitter accounts to follow. I followed them, and I'll be damned, one of them worked. Uh, <laughs> it worked. Bots, I gotta, man. Got, you got to beat the bots. <laughs> I beat one of the bots. I got Ratchet and Clank a ripped apart as like a free package deal. And um, Josh, I know you don't have a PS5 yet. But when you get one eventually, you need to play this game. This this is a next generation video game. This sets it apart from others in what it does with its um in the way the game is created. It is it's one one of the most uh, one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. Two, it's running at 4K 60 frames per second and you know there's a couple PS5 games that do that. Final Fantasy VII, the PS5 version, does that, and it looks marvelous. But it started as... 40p, 120 but whatever. Just go on. <clears throat> What's that? Which one? I said I'd rather have 1440p at 120 FPS, but, you know, I'll take 4K60. <clears throat> go on. 4K60 is great, I'll have you know. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I take that back. I over fidelity every time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Over, depends on the frame rate. Are we having this conversation? Are we doing this For right those now? Not watching the video feed. I am sipping my bourbon with my pinky up right now. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore, I'm gonna ignore your fucking comment and sip my bourbon now. The, the thing it's doing is that it's loading constant resources every time you do one of the rift grabs you might see in the trailer, and it's loading you to a completely different part of a level instantly. There's no load times. It just does it. As a matter of fact. The very few times the game loads is in between story segments and it's in between cutscenes, but you don't notice it. The game is seamless, it's fun, it's fluid, it is... Also, you don't have to play all the other like eight or nine Ratchet, Clank, Ratchet and Clank games to kind of get what's going on. You can just pick up what's going on and it's, so it's fun. A Ratchet it tells and Clank a fun game. story. It is a Ratchet and Clank game. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, I don't think you actually said what the game was yet until this point. No, I said it was Ratchet and Clank oh, a Rift I, Apart. I think I missed that, but... Oh, okay. Yes, yes. It's Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart. I highly advise anyone with a PS5 to uh, drop the bones and play this game. Um, it's easily on my list for Game of the Year. Uh, for the story it tells, for how easy it is. It's extremely accessible. You can actually just turn on a Never Die feature if you're just like, whatever, I just want to experience the story. And... Yeah, I turned that on for a couple seconds. I'm like, yes. yeah, it does what it yes. does what's advertised. You can just go through and um, just have fun with it. You, it's not a difficult game, but no. But I yeah. do think I do think more games should have some feature like this. And I think I talked about mm -hmm. this a little bit with um, 
uh, Jedi The Fallen Order, and, you know, the the reason I'm not playing that game anymore is because of my own idiocy, not because of anything the game did, but, like, having that more casual mode available for a game that you're, you're, you know, you may not play every day because you get busy and you forget about it, and you're like, I don't want to spend the time to learn how to do all these freaking timings again because I Mm -hmm. had a two- or three-week gap in my play or whatnot, or I'm just like... I want to experience the story and I want to have fun playing the game, but I don't want to like sit here stressing about what not like, honestly, sometimes I think Mario, like, yes, the, the stakes are low, but like a Mario game could like, why does Mario have to have health? Why couldn't he just like, wow. Okay. I'm going to keep going again. Sorry. I should have said that in a Chris Pratt voice, but uh, <laughs> no, please don't. I'm please don't. I don't want to get, but I, that. I, I do appreciate that feature a lot. I I think it's actually much needed for other games because I actually was about to uh, hand the controller to my significant other and say, like, do you want to play? Because there's no risk. Just play, enjoy it, and tell me what you think about it. And it's not like she was going to die. It's not like she... They even block off the barriers in Never Die mode so you can't fall off of cliffs or whatnot. It's just like, no, just just enjoy the game, have fun, go to, go through the story if that's what you want to do. And they don't do a thing where they like hide a secret ending behind you because you didn't beat the game. Um, or you didn't beat the game at a certain level. You, you just no. You know, another like I'm thinking I'm thinking about like all the games that this would be great for and like apply to, especially for a more casual audience. Like, you know, my wife watched me play Breath of the Wild and she loved it and, and every so often she would take the controller and she'd do a puzzle or, or do a little combat sequence or whatnot but like she's not a huge gamer she hasn't played games right. as long as I have she doesn't understand the quick motions and whatnot like and she has mentioned multiple times she would love to go back and do her own playthrough of Breath of the Wild and like experience the whole thing herself and go through uh, but I think the the hurdles of the pressure of being a inexperienced person and, and feeling that stress are barriers to that and being able to like go to a game of Breath of the Wild and like, look, I'm here to experience the grandeur and the story and the puzzles of this game and like the combat counters are cool, but like it's so high stress when I have to do the same thing over and over again because I die or whatnot. Like a game like Breath of the Wild would very much benefit from a like yeah, yeah, you're just you you don't have to die feature. I'm Okay, so here's where I split on the argument since you know this is like a semi-yearly argument that everyone in the game industry at large always have and I mean that both developers and consumers alike. Uh I am perfectly okay if a developer says no, this game actually has to have some sort of punishment. Like uh the game coming out in a couple months Elden Ring, I guarantee that game will not have an easy mode. It'll just say, here's Elden Ring. You push start or you push options. I will be ecstatic if Elden Ring lets me remap my buttons because there's a lot of FromSoft games where they're like, no, this is the control this scheme. Ray, I, and I, Ray, I hate to break it to you. You're not remapping those controls. So they let you remap the controls in Sekiro. So I have hope. Okay. They did okay. not let you remap the controls in Bloodborne. And I hope... I hope that is the last video game where they're like, no more control remapping. Because, yeah, okay, FromSoft, I get where you guys are going with. I get the heuristics of what you're trying to do with the controller. 
Fuck off, let me remap my buttons. You already make it one of the harder video games in video game history. Just let me remap my buttons. Give me that much dignity. It should be illegal to not remap buttons in any game. You know a game that just came out doesn't let you remap buttons and that actually took me by surprise? What? Metroid Dread? Oh. It does not let you remap buttons. And there's a gameplay reason why it doesn't. I'm not going to spoil it here. But it does not let you remap buttons at all. You can't. So, I, never uh, try, it, I didn't try because I was pretty pleased. We'll get into this later. But I was pretty pleased with like the, the, the default layout. But yeah, uh, did not know that. Uh, you, know what game oh, we, been, we, you know what game would have been infinitely better if you could rematch, remap buttons? Metroid Samus Returns. Oh man, I that still game, have my copy of that game over there. Yeah, I, yeah, I have it somewhere. I didn't, I didn't finish it. Um, you didn't finish it? It's one of the few Metroid games I 100%ed. That's a very small list, but yeah, that game I 100%ed. I, I wanted to. I could not get over my hatred of the movement and the, the like. I just couldn't do it. I even replaced the stick on that 3ds because it broke and you know because i for those of you who don't know i got this 3ds second hand from somebody who played a fuck ton of smash on it and absolutely that, that person was me and absolutely <laughs> that stick just it was a nightmare and this thing disintegrated <laughs> in my hands. It just fell apart. It was awful. And I replaced that, that is over 400 hours of Smash for 3DS on that on that stick. That oh, stick, oh no. That stick, it's awful. And yeah, again, it literally disintegrated in my hands and I performed surgery and I replaced it and the, the surgery went great. The stick worked fantastic. Love playing, uh, you know, uh, Zelda A Link Between Worlds. But God, I hate, hate the movement in Samus Returns and being unable to map anything differently. Just, okay, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I think the last Metroid game to actually let you remap controls was actually Super Metroid. All the other ones don't let you remap controls now that I think about it. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah, think about it. Prime? Yes, I do. Prime doesn't let you remap controls. I <laughs> Josh just Josh just went on a trip. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh no. Which yeah, I th which also I think would say that Metroid Super Metroid is the only Metroid game to let you remap controls because original Metroid you couldn't do it. Metroid nope. 2 on the Game Boy you couldn't do it. No. No. No, 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 no. Super Metroid cannot yeah. be the only remappable. Okay. I, I, I actually sat here and thought about the entire series because I played every Metroid game. Got the Amiibos to prove it that I'm that much of a weird Metroid fan. But yeah, I think it's the only one. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm breaking out the Game Boy emulator tonight and I'm looking at Zero Mission and Fusion because those had to. Those. Maybe they didn't, though. Oh my I, god, maybe they didn't. I just beat Fusion and Zero Mission back to back last month, and no, they don't. Okay, well, I'm getting out Dolphin, and also I'm going to fire up Metroid Prime and see what's up. 
why no really why would they in metroid prime let you remap no controls? because you couldn't have done it in metroid prime because some of that stuff was pressure sensitive so you had yeah. to have some of you that had stuff to have the triggers. on the, the specific triggers oh my god okay what of about of course they would want the fire button on the what about a button? prime 3 with the Wii? no i mean let's be honest no there's nothing <laughs> There's nothing accessible about Prime 3, especially for button remapping. Why? What button remapping? <laughs> Are you? That is the least one! Wait, Ray, I want to swap the A and the B button. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be kind of cool for people interested in it, but no. Yeah, I, I think Super Metroid is it. And that's why Super Metroid is one of is it's, the it's best it's Metroid the best. game. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 respect it. You're it's the only Metroid game to respect your autonomy. <laughs> I'm and just off the top, I think I always swap the run and the shoot button. I think I've always swapped the default. Yeah, I always did that too because uh, I I think the shoot button is not on Y. I think it's on B or something stupid like that. Yeah. And I'm always like, okay, I want, I want, like, because I'm always, you're always running, so you want to have that, like, right there at the the heel of your thumb, and then you, like, yeah, but that's, that's beside the point. I, yeah, I think the run button is initially why. Yeah, you have to, like, reach up for it or something, like, it's bad. And the jump button is A. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I always remap that, yeah. Yes, yes. And there, there this is... is this, um, this, com this conversation I, I, is blowing my mind right now. I can't... Josh's favorite series where he said all those games should be executed. He realized... He's just realizing he executed the entire Metroid franchise. Except for Super <laughs> <Metroid>. <laughs> The entire thing! You you actually just lost the ability to shit on Dark Souls. Yeah, I did. I, I you know what? I I accept that. I will forget <laughs> it and I will shit on it again at some point, but you have to remind me of this moment because I did I did. I owned myself and I am turning into a potato right now. Like, oh, oh my no, god. I turned like a dual-core cob. <laughs> I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Man, oh man, I'm that, really, that is a trip. I'm really glad that Mike's on. not here right now because Mike would dunk on me. This is he'll he'll hear it later, and this is a thorough dunk. Wow, that that actually like makes me think about like control heuristics in like a certain way because I never ever thought of remapping the controls in Metroid Zero Mission because one, there's only four buttons. There's only so yeah. much you're gonna be able to do, and same thing for Fusion, and two, I. I I, I never thought that would be an option, but now that I'm thinking about it, when I first tried Dread, I'm like, oh, I actually don't like the, uh, I forgot what button it was. I was like, oh, I actually don't like that there. And they didn't give me the option to change it. I was like, oh. Oh, shit. It's 2021. I wasn't prepared for this. Um, okay. I, 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 you guys have decided this is with the controls, but I'm not giving it away. Maybe enough people have played Dread, but this isn't the Dread conversation. We need to have our yes, own special I've, podcast now, for that. Now that I've, like, finished the move and I'm in place, we need to have our Metroid Dread spoiler cast and, like, actually dive yes. into that. Um, but while we're on the topic of Metroid Dread 1, fucking phenomenal video game. 
have yeah. a lot more to say about that later. Uh, but two, that does get me into the how I was um, a massive sucker just a few weeks ago. So okay, yes, you you want to bring this up post Halo talk, yes. but we're way past that. Go for it. So I did not pre-order Dread at all because I missed the window okay. for getting the special edition and the amiibos and anything like that like obviously those pre-orders were gone within 0.2 seconds of everything going live and like even me being trying to get it did not happen so i was like okay i have no doubt that the day of i can walk into a store and buy the game or download it that is not a problem i'm not worried about that so i'm not going to pre-order the actual game so my plan was to go to a GameStop because the job that I have, I'm driving mm-hmm. around a lot. I'm always by a GameStop. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop at one of the GameStops in my area. I'm going to be one of the first people there more than likely. Now I forgot that that game was also releasing on the day of some Pokemon anniversary stuff and the Switch OLED. So there were actually more people there than I thought. And the, the gal at the GameStop was like, okay, what are you here for? And was like, okay, if you're here for the Switch, you get this. If you're here for Metroid, you get this. If you're here for Pokemon, you get this. And if you're here for all three, you get this. Whatever. So, I go to GameStop for the first mm-hmm. time in, like, five years. And I get in line. I'm the second person in line. I'm the all first right, person right. there for Metroid. The person in front of me was there for a Switch OLED and a Switch OLED only. Which, upon retrospect, I should have just bought a Switch OLED too, but that's a different conversation. So, they buy their Switch OLED. I go up, I'm like, okay, hey, do you have any of the special editions? They're like, no. I was like, do you have any of the Amiibos? And they said, yes. Fantastic. Give me Metroid Dread, give me the Amiibos. They're like, do you want to reactivate your GameStop Pro subscription? (laughs) I was like, absolutely not. And then they're like, well, hear me out. You can get a $5 credit in store every month for the year of your subscription. And she's like, you know, I have some people who they just come in on the first of every month, use their subscription to buy a game card for like Microsoft points. And, you know, then they've made out like basically the entire subscription over the course of the year. I'm like, hmm. You know, I have to pay. I, I already know where this is going. I pay Microsoft I about sixteen dollars every month. Mm-hmm. I can come in and request a gift card for the exact amount that I charge them. Or I'm charged every month. Yeah, absolutely. You can get a special gift card that is just a code that is for the exact amount you choose, and we'll just take five dollars off of that. Huh? Okay. Okay. And I'm around GameStops all the time. They're like, yeah. So this this is massive, big uh, uh, like Midwest energy. This so sort of like <laughs> you're looking at a GameStop Pro subscriber here, Ray. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and November first, I went into a GameStop and I said, uh, I need a gift card to uh, Microsoft for sixteen dollars and eighty nine cents. And they're like, Sure, sir, that will be eleven dollars and eighty nine cents. I said, Fantastic. They gave me the code on the receipt. I entered the code, put that on my Microsoft account. December 1st, I went back in. I said, I need a gift card for $16.89. They're like, sure, that'll be $11.89. I'm a massive sucker, but 
It worked. So you're paying $11.89 so that you could save $5 on your Microsoft subscription, which is already $15. Josh, I... Basically, I know you're better at math than this. Basically, net-net, it comes out <laughs> even. And no, it I, doesn't! If it I, actually doesn't! But I get points, and those points might get me a used game every year or two. Oh my god! That's why you have Game Pass! Because who cares? <laughs> no! <laughs> but every once in a while, I might want to buy a game for the PS4 or something for the Switch, and those aren't on Game Pass. <laughs> No! This is I I know I know what your job is and I know your job like consists of upselling. But once you do the math for what you're doing, you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually not coming out ahead. What if I just buy more games? <laughs> I and that's like That's that's the worst part is I know better. I know better. <laughs> I yeah, I know better. <laughs> So, you know what, sometimes game respect game, and you know, I, I like the hustle, and I, I she, she said it in a way, and I was just like, you know what, that makes sense, let's go, let's do it. I am just imagining this 21-year-old part-time college student pulling one off on someone that does your job, which I won't say, but pulling one off on you! I was in there <laughs> in a like, whole, whole fucking suit, a whole ass suit, tie. And Everything. you're like, hold on a sec, wait a minute. <laughs> you're spitting some language here, and they and you walk away with a game. Stop, membership. Hey, don't forget, I also now have the access to the electronic version of whatever Game Informer or whatever. <laughs> Me and you both know you're never going to read that. Nope, never, ever, ever. I only read it when it came to my house every month. Let alone now. Oh, you're like, oh, there's more recycling, I guess. <laughs> okay. I knew uh, you would get a, I knew you would get a kick out of that story. I it's because I'm doing the math in my head and you're just paying more money per month. No, you're paying an extra eleven. Because games the, the pro subscription is sixty dollars for a year. Okay. Five dollars times twelve is sixty dollars. So basically uh -huh. I come out even with the opportunity to put me in a GameStop once a month to get upsold on something else because I'm a sucker, and if I see something cool, I'm gonna pick it up and buy it. So GameStop wins, and I lose, Ray. <laughs> you're, you're in a consistent loss cycle. You signed up to be in a consistent loss cycle. You're paying them to be in that loss cycle. Say, my my self-control is better than it used to be, but at some point, I'm gonna be on this podcast, and you're gonna ask me, Josh, did you go to your GameStop this month? And I'm going to be like, Ray, yes, I did. And you're going to be like, did you buy something stupid when you're there? And most of the time I'm going to say no. But one time I'll be like, <sighs> and you're going to do that laugh. And you're going to be like, I knew it. <laughs> it. It won't even, it won't, it'll be, it'll be February. It'll just happen February. I promise you. It's not going to take long. <laughs> Stop acting like it'll be one day long from now. No, it's going to be like two, two, three months from now, maximum. And it'll be something dumb. It'll be like the Tom Nook amiibo. For, for, for some reason. 
But but my wife needed a but she needed a Valentine's Day president, and she loves. That's exactly what it'll be. <laughs> that I can see it right now. It'll be like a golden Isabel. They're, they're GameStop's like, listen, we put this off to the side for you. Golden Isabel, twenty bucks. That's yours. You walk out the door, and you're like, fucking oh. what? <laughs> you're slam. Your Jackson's already on the table. You ring that shit up. <laughs> Josh, 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 listen, I know you're 32 years old, and you never, <laughs> ever encounter anybody who actively plays Pokemon cards anymore. You haven't in mm -hmm. a decade or more. But what if, more. what if, hear me out, you got a starter deck and you got back into Pokemon cards? Here, just check it, just check it out, just take it, just just try it. I, I, I promise you, if... If Nintendo did a thing where they said, we're bringing back Pokemon cards, but we're doing it extra. Every card has a code, so every physical card gets digitized into the Switch version of Pokemon cards. Heartbeat, Josh is heartbeat, in. heartbeat, heartbeat, heartbeat. We're <laughs> right up. There it is. 50 bucks a month, every single month from the Josh family. 100%. 100%. And, and I the, would buy Booster Pack on top of that subscription. One oh, the, the revenue is on lock. <laughs> okay. Now, As a matter of fact, Nintendo, that one's for free. There you go. Yeah. Also, now I'm like, hmm, I should go get the Pokemon trading card game on my emulator and play that. I was actually talking about the old Game Boy Advance one. I mean, Game Boy Color one the other day. Uh, this, this segues into a game I did want to talk about. Sorry, the dogs are barking. Um... So, Mike mentioned last podcast about a game called Inscription. And um, a couple of the devs I work with at work mentioned that game as well. They said that it was one of the more innovative card games and, you know, indie-created games. They called it the next indie darling. So, a couple days ago, I downloaded it. I started playing it. And... Yeah, that game goes places. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's... Your style of game, Josh, but if you like indie games that are weird and spooky, highly, highly advise it. Uh, and much like Mike said last time, there's so much about it I want to talk about, but to even talk about it beyond the title and mentioning that it's a card game starts giving up the game, and I don't want to do that for you. You should definitely, if you got, like, the extra time it's I'm where am I I'm 80% through the game right now um don't ask me how I know that I just there are certain little things in the game it does that lets you know that um but I would highly advise anyone that's interested in a indie game that does something very different and it's a card based deck building game if that sounds and it's a horror game gonna put that right out there it's got some horror elements it's spooky it on? it's on steam and only on steam uh, as far as i know i haven't seen it on anything else um but i would highly advise you try we, it we can talk i think we with my new computer i think i need to reauthorize family share but i might i might at least try it out and see what i think before i like commit to it but i'm it, it, i mean it i'm is intrigued at the least it is definitely a game that once you start playing it and you get to certain sections of the game, it is to your benefit of the story that you see it through to the end. 
Yeah, that, that that's all I can really say. I will say it is definitely on my list once I finish it. As long as it ends well, um, and Mike says it ends well, but if it ends well and I agree with it, it's definitely on my list for a uh, game of the year. 100% on that list. It, you gotta have an indie game on there sometimes, and I think this is it. That's it. That, that's all the games I wanted to talk about today. We could talk about Call of Duty Vanguard and their weird nonsense, but actually, you know what? We would be at a disservice. I know we're at a little bit over an hour. I do want to talk about Activision a little bit. Um, we have to. Well, I feel I feel we are doing a disservice. Uh, just today, as of the recording of this podcast, it's uh, December 4th. Um, Activision has announced that they are going to be laying off. Um, I do believe it's half to one-third of the QA team in Ravensoft uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. And they are laying off this QA team effective January 28th, so... Gave him past the holidays. Woo. Yay. You'll have I mean, a job it's pretty for Christmas. Bad. I mean, they're giving them also the option like, yeah, we know this is devastating news. If you want to just not work for us anymore and collect checks to January 28th, you're allowed to do that, which, uh, yeah, go off kings. I would absolutely do that. Um, this is, they haven't announced why they're axing the QA department. Uh, it's not like Activision is not without their not not without a need for a QA team, but it's news that's shocking them. Um, I guess they're going over to a different contract with a different provider for QA services, but there were people hired into Ravensoft uh, for QA as little as two weeks ago, and they moved cross-country because this is their first job in the gaming industry, and they're moving to Madison, Wisconsin, so it's not like there's a bunch of other game opportunities out there. Uh, there isn't. There's a small handful of studios there, but it's it's not like the Bay Area or New York City or something like that. And uh, they're like, oh, wait, you just hired me. And there are some people that are just like, you know, come a month and a half from now, they're kind of ass out. So that sucks. That, that That's nothing good. And all of this is on top of the fact that, you know, Bobby Kotick is now under even deeper investigation. Uh, because what? who is it? I do believe it's some other industry or some other organization that's the State Department is now saying, oh, it's the SEC! Uh, again! The SEC has come out and said, like, we're very disturbed that Activision has done actually nothing about the very real and legitimate complaints being levied against their CEO and company. Like, the CEO is still, Bobby Kodak is still there, they haven't made any real tangible changes to the company uh and they're they basically like made it very clear they're not going to anytime soon they haven't done anything and they're not going to do anything they're very much oh and the board voted to defend bobby kodak they didn't vote to get rid of him so the board of shareholders just like yeah cool not the entire board but you know the people that voted against him lost so it's a it's a it's a weird place to be in uh, if you work for Activision Blizzard right now. Um, you know, you know if you if you want to do something, follow the um, at ABK on Twitter, the Activision Blizzard King um, 
oh, what is the name of that group? It, it is a group of people, they're not forming an actual union, but they're trying to push for better workers' rights uh, on Twitter. Uh, follow that group. Um, they need your support, they need your financial support, they need your solidarity. Because we do love uh, games, and the, the, something needs to give, right? The, the, something needs to be said in the industry, like, yeah. what is going on here is not okay. No, and... You know the, the 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 question remains to it is is Activision Blizzard the worst example or just like the the you know the biggest the one that is going to get the most like when is the levy going to break and we have the the moment where we find out that this is a, a even more widespread issue than you know it's it's not just Bobby Kotick and and blizzard and whatnot like where where else are pockets like this where we are defending you know people who have been around for a long time you know i mean there's the entirety of ubisoft that whole thing yeah uh then there's well actually you know those are the two big ones ubisoft and act uh activision <coughs> um this happened for a couple days this is activision related uh, Geo Keeley was actually saying that he was taking no sides in the game, uh, the video game awards show, uh, when it came to the Activision um, controversy. There's no controversy. They're no, guilty as hell. Yeah, that's not that's. Who I hate that word. That's not. <laughs> controversy means that there's an argument to be had. No, there's being sued by the state of California because they yeah. actually violated the law. Yeah, there's there's just being sexual harassers and labor abusers like that's just what it is like yeah they abuse and, labor uh, and they sexually harass people for years and uh Jeff Kelly says well we're not taking a side at the video game awards uh so we don't want to get involved and it's like um <clears throat> The president of Activision is on the board of the Video Game Awards. You don't think that's a little, uh... You know, that's, that's kind of spoiling the pot a little bit, just a tiny bit. And uh, finally, Jeff Keighley, after a huge backlash of everyone adding him on Twitter, which, by the way, good, that's oh, what needs yeah. to be done. Oh, always do that. Always do that. Always. Never stop. It, it is okay to do that. Uh, he backed off and said, like, okay... We won't present any Activision, like, promotions at the awards. For any games that are there that are, like, part of the award show, like if there's a game that's about to win an award, we'll present that, but we won't do any of their promo stuff. Which is, like, that is such a weaselly half-step. It, it, it's something, but it's also, like, it's not enough. You... Oh, I, this is the same man that came out full-throated and condemned Konami because uh, Hideo Kojima was not invited to the Game Awards show because under Konami's contract, they said, if we say you can't attend, you can't attend, and so you can't attend. So he takes time out of his show to call out Konami for that. But here's actual people going through actual abuse, like, you know, trigger warning. Someone committed suicide at Activision Blizzard because of the sort of sexual abuse that they were going through. That doesn't work. That isn't warranting a full-throated reprimand of the entirety of the culture of the company. Like, my dude, it, it's not enough. You you have to do more. That's what it comes down to. 
Thank you, Dorito Pope, for once again showing that uh, you're more involved with the money than you are with the uh, with the struggle. You know what I mean? Yep. The Shift Hydrobot once again proves where his loyalties lie. <laughs> Anyways, on that somber note, Josh, you got any uh, games you want to talk about before we wrap up here? Um, you know, not not. Halo and Battlefield 2042 have been the big ones that I've played recently just with the move and everything. I have not played a ton. Um, I did play Metroid Dread during my moving period. You know, I, I started the game when it when it launched. I don't think I've been on a podcast since it came out, so I don't think I've gotten a chance to talk about it. No, no, we're, all three of us are going to do that. Yeah, so we, I will save all of my opinions and whatnot for that since that that podcast is overdue and now that i'm settled and in and have everything set up we can make that happen uh but just generally speaking big thumbs up to metroid dread and uh, um spoiler alert it's very good it's very very good um yeah but yeah that's those have been the three main games that i have played in the time since I've been on the podcast last, um, my wife and I are getting ready to start the new Dark Pictures game. I've heard very good things about that one, um, so that will be uh, probably something that I'm talking about here in the next, uh, you know, next few weeks. Now that we are set up, got the PS4 out again, we've got the game, we've got time, so we'll see. Um, and then. My wife has gotten back into Animal Crossing, especially with all the new updates that have come. And Oh, so you don't have a Switch anymore, basically. No, yeah. Saying. Thankfully, that came out <laughs> after I was done with Metroid Dread, because that would have been Excellent. a problem. Um, I also do have to conduct <laughs> surgery on my Switch, because, ooh, this will be for another podcast. I have some opinions on games made for children and that are based on movie franchises because my daughter got for her birthday the Paw Patrol video game based on the new movie and um, boy our kids deserve better question mark um, but I'll get you know I I want to point this out, and I know we'll get to this in another podcast, but, like, when me and you were growing up, we didn't necessarily have games for kids. It's like, can you beat Mega Man? No? Man, you're going to have to learn. Sucks. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. you know, seven-year-old Josh plays Super Metroid. How? <laughs> That's your problem, buddy. You know, I do want to get this out. I was going to save this for the Dread podcast, but the only reason I played Super Metroid is because I played your Super Nintendo cart of Super Metroid. Yep. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't until 2016 that I actually got uh, the uh, Game Boy, not the Game Boy, the Nintendo 3DS version, uh, the emulated version off Virtual Console, and I finally beat Ridley because I could not beat Ridley when I was a kid. I, just, I sucked. No. I don't know. <laughs> you basically have to just have as many missiles as you can and as many energy tanks as you can. Like, yeah. that's yeah. that's basically the recipe to that. Because otherwise, you're just, like, you're just trying to dodge and whatnot, and it's just not, like, 
that that is he doesn't telegraph his moves it's just a it's just a slobber no knocker. yeah that is that is a battle of attrition and who can get whose hp down quickest like yeah if you go into that fight like oh i'm gonna duck 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 dive dip duck and dodge no it ain't happening no that's no. beside the point no. i have anyway daughter has a video game <laughs> yeah. I have some problems with it, but I haven't played it in a while because uh, they were playing Mario Kart while we were in our little interim situation, and maybe one of the Joy-Cons got chucked across the room, and the joystick does not work properly anymore, so... Uh, Left or right? Right. So I already... You bought the pieces? So I already replaced the left Joy-Con because we had Joy-Con drift, but the kit that I bought came with two um, joy, you know, joystick modules. Mm -hmm. So when she chucked it across the room and it kind of broke, um, I was like, oh, well, I just have an extra module that I can just chuck into there and, and, and work. Thankfully, Metroid Dread doesn't really take a lot of advantage of the right joystick. So... I was able to play the game without having to uh, worry about the damage that she had caused my Joy-Con, but um, that's just... Quick question. Yes. You played Metroid Dread in handheld mode? Yes. You're a brave man. I used a Pro Controller and I can't go... I can't imagine playing it any other way. I just can't. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that as well. <laughs> oh no! That's also part of the reason why I thought that I should have picked up the OLED when I was there. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, but again, we'll 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 save that for we'll the dread podcast. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll get in there. Um, you know where you can get all the updates on all the things that we talked about and teased just now? Where can you get them? Unscriptedgaming.com. That is where you can find links to everywhere we are on the internet. You can find links to our social medias, which we are on Facebook at Unscripted Game Podcast. Our Twitter at Unscript underscore gaming. You can get our SoundCloud feed, which is soundcloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming. You can also find links to all of the podcasters we on. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Cast, everywhere. You can get us in your eyes, your ears always thank you for watching and listening to unscripted gaming my name is josh my name is ray peace